This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. This week, I'm asking all of you, in fact, if you can get some friends on Facebook or people you work with or people you go to school with, if you could download Right Now Media, and if you struggle with Right Now Media download, we can, you can go to our website, and there'll be some directions how to do it. You can go right to resources. The church has paid for your subscription. You don't have to pay for anything. It's paid for people that don't go to the church. In fact, when I was on vacation, I was getting everybody I could to download Right Now Media. I believe this is one of the greatest tools that God has given us in these last days for us to, uh, as a family, as individuals, whether we're men, women, children, to follow God's path in this hour. J.D. Greer has a five-part series. I'm asking all of you to watch one a night. Monday night, you watch one part. Tuesday night, you watch one part. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. And then on Good Friday, we all come here together and we have a night of worship. It's going to be the greatest Good Friday we've ever had, moving right into Easter, because all of us have been inviting people to come to Easter. Let me tell you something. Just because you invite somebody to this church does not mean that we're trying to corral them to come to this church. We want God's kingdom to grow. Amen? We want every church in this county to grow. We want, every, we, we want to see every single place full of the presence of God. Last year, last year, no churches were filled. This year, every church is filled. Amen? That's what we're doing. Yes. But let's give it to him. $15,000. Now, you guys just heard what we did with children. We spent $15,000 into our children's service. We blew away every budget because we don't care. We want to invest into the next generation. We want to invest into the kids. You've got to check it out. We've got our projectors. We're going to have new projectors up here. We're going to have some different projectors on there. We are literally investing into the next generation. So families, tell, you know, tell other families, say, look, we got something for your kids. We've got something for you as an individual. Get them to watch this JD career. And by the way, take some tissue because you will need it. You will need it. Jesus will touch your heart all week long and move upon your heart through this JD Greer. I've watched it with so many different individuals and every single time God moves upon my heart. JD Greer has such a skill set in bringing and delivering this message of Easter. You don't wanna miss it. So please, let's all be one church, one family. Let's do this together. Today I wanna talk to you about uh, following uh, those impressions about allowing the Holy Spirit. There's, people ask me all the time, Pastor, what's the difference of the Trinity? And uh, the best way I can explain it is this, in my prayer life. In my prayer life, I aim to the Father. He's got the, the grand scheme and strategy of my life. He's got years and years. He's got days fashioned for me. And I wanna walk in that plan. Jesus 
is the one that has uh, brought the empowerment, the resurrection power, opportunity. He's greeted me as my, as my brother and as my Lord and my Savior to, to assist me in that passage that God has for my life. And the Holy Spirit is who I yield to. Every day I say, Holy Spirit, I think what Pastor Jenna did so well, you know, it talks about with the song, is that, Holy Spirit, here I am. Whatever you want to do in my marriage, whatever you want to do with my kids and my grandkids, whatever you want to do in the space of time, here I am. And what I want to talk to you about today is that God asks you to do those things. And you, many times in your mind, it doesn't make sense. He's going to ask you to give and it doesn't make sense. He's gonna ask you to serve, and it doesn't make sense. Many times, because you can't see the space of intersections that God has. I'm gonna give you examples today where God had asked me to do this, and I had no idea that that one intersection that God asked me to do that didn't make any sense to me over there brought me over here 20 years later over here. And so many times, that's what obedience is. Obedience is, is allowing your life to be a living sacrifice. I hopefully, I asked Jonathan, I don't know if he got the space. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, did you, did you get a chance to get it up there? Could you guys put it up there? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, I've said this before. Um, I've met people in my life that are unreasonable. And, you know, it's just not a fun experience. In fact, you can just say, you know, hey, let's, let's, let's get involved. Let's, let's do this together. Or whether it be at my workplace, I can remember going to work at Steelcase and people were just unreasonable. They didn't, they literally, whatever, whatever you, they could take from Steelcase, whatever they could get out of it, whatever larger bonus, that's all. They, they weren't there to offer their life and working as unto the Lord. They were there as takers, and you know, that's not the way God, God says to us very clearly, he says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the to Lord. So when I was working at Steelcase, I should have been the hardest worker there, giving my best as unto the Lord. Yes, Steelcase was going to benefit out of it, but God's eyes were upon my life. Was I obeying his pathway in my walk? Was I obeying what he wanted me to do? And I think it's so important for us to understand that so we, we, we get our brains involved and all of a sudden we just go, I'm not doing that. I don't see any benefit in it. I'm not, I'm not gonna help that person out because I've tried to do that before. And God's prompting your heart to do it. He's prompting your heart. How many times has God had to speak to you the same thing over and over before you actually got it? And God will work through your life and all of a sudden you go, well, I, I, I've talked to him about that three times already. I'm not doing that again. And God's going, it took 30 to get through to you. And now he's asking, but those are those spaces that God is, is involving our lives. Last week we talked about standing in the gap. Well, today I want to talk about offering your life. Are you willing to offer your life? God calls it a reasonable service. It's not unreasonable for God to ask of your life whether you have to wake up earlier in the morning to do devotions. Or maybe it's that, that time where you're, you're going and, and, and you, it's your workplace and God is prompting your heart to buy that person coffee. You know, or maybe it's, to, to, maybe it's cleaning up their workstation. 
because they're really messy and you're sitting there and it really bothers you. And, and it really, you know, a lot of times what I found is those things that frustrate me the most are the things God's asking me to get included the most. That's why it even grabs hold of my life. It's because God's trying to move upon me to be part of the answer instead of the problem. Anybody can be part of the problem. Anybody can choose to be added to the problem, the problem. But can you be part of the solution that Jesus brings into someone's pathway? Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit, that's those promptings, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those who are the family of faith. Let's pray. Father, help. I ask for your help. I know that you fashioned this day. I know that this moment before even any of us take the next breath, you were there. Help us not to miss it. And Jesus, you gave us access for heaven and earth to have an intersection. And it was through your obedience and your service to Father. Help us to serve and obey Help us to grow in that. And Holy Spirit, we yield to those impressions, those gentle little movings inside of our heart. Your voice, those, that spaces of, of just where it rubs us wrong, whatever it be, I pray, Holy Spirit, we learn how to follow your path. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Number one, God wants to be very clear about the principle of giving. The reason I believe God wants us to give is not because he needs our gift. It's because you need to obey the prompting. And I find it, the, the, let me tell you something, if you're struggling hearing God's voice, the very first place that God will ever speak to you about, about anything is giving. The Bible, and the reason that is, is because it's a spiritual law. And you say, well, pastor, here you are talking about money. Yep, I am, I'm talking about money, but also service. Where your heart is, there is your treasure also. Our heart for this church is $15,000 in children's ministry. And so is our treasure. We will pour into the next generation for this church. We will constantly move forward that and that. We will pour money into our youth ministry. That's the reason this last year when we had the youth ministry go to One Heart Conference, we rented a bus so that everybody could be together. We could have saved money. We could have had everybody drive and get vans and stuff, but we wanted everybody to be together because we want to invest in the next generation. All right? God wants you to invest in his kingdom, and he wants your heart in that space. And you say, well, I want to hear God's voice. The first place God ever talked to me, first thing he ever talked to me about was giving. And because, see, I, I was raised, and I've seen people tip God. Okay, that's what I've seen where they just give a, go over there and they give a little bit. That's not what God's, God's asking for you to offer your life. 
to him. And you will never, ever outgive God. You will never be able to outgive God because by the time you're going over there, throwing a bucket into his plan, God's got a dump truck coming into your house. That's how God is. Given it shall be given back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will God bring it into your pathway? So don't be misled. God cannot be mad. Principle of giving. Proverbs 19.70, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. How many realize that you can give a debt, you can go over there and literally give a loan to God. Every time you help in the children's ministry, every time you help in the youth ministry, every time you help in the worship team, every time you're out in that parking lot and you're picking up stuff, you're, you're picking up trash or whatever, you're doing is, I'd say, look, nobody else is watching, nobody else is seeing, nobody else is patting your back and saying, thank you for giving to the Lord, but you're lending to the Lord and he will repay his debt. He will bring back that time. He will bring back that finances. And as you give to God's family, get ready for God to give to your family. That's who our God is. Proverbs 19, 17 says it back. It says, whenever you're helping the poor, when it says poor, it's not talking about financially poor. It's talking about people that can't fend for themselves. Well, kids can't fend for themselves. Children can't fend for themselves. There are single parents, a lot of them in this house. There are a lot of children that are raised in, in you know, not in, by the same biological parent in the house. There's a lot of, there's a lot going on in house, houses today that wasn't going on when I was raising my kids. If there's ever been a time to serve our king in the ministry of children, it's now. If there's ever been a space where our hearts should cry out and say, I want to serve God wherever I am, Isaiah would say, send me. Number two, God has always put giving and obedience together. The garden had all the fruit. Can you imagine all the fruit you could have? Adam and Eve says, everything you could have except this one. There's always been a space, even in a perfect environment, there has always been a space where you had to obey. There's always been that. And God is, the, I, I, I ask you right now, what is God inside of your heart asking you to obey in right now? Is it something in your marriage? Is it something with your child? Is it something with your grandchild? Is it something of a service? Is it something in your workplace? In fact, it be, many times it can be a, a, a barrage of a lot of those spaces, but what is God prompting you to do? You see, Pastor Ron, what, I mean, if there's any area of your life, what do you look? I look for progress. I want my life to, I want to be a better husband to that gal right there. I want to be a better pastor to you as a church family. I want to be a better friend. I'm always looking, I'm not perfection. That's not even my aim because I'll know I'll never hit that. And all I'll do is lead to more disappointment. But I'll tell you what, progress, I want progress in my life. I want progress in every space of my life. And so sometimes when it comes down to like getting older and health, that's, that's really hard. So I go, God, okay, you know what? Uh, that's not happening. I can't do what I used to be able to do at 30 years of age. And that's where I love it. He says, but you, God goes, you can have wisdom. And wisdom is more to be treasured than physical strength or physical ability. You know what wisdom does? Wisdom is no longer about what you can do, Ron. It's what, all, what I can do through you into others. 
That's what wisdom brings. Offer your body. In every season, there's something to offer. And here's what I love about the story is that Satan, what does he do? He's the most gifted, gifted creature God has ever made, and yet he won't obey. What is God asking you to obey? Because so many times, well, Pastor Ron, I just, there's just something in my life, but just something's just not materializing. Something's just, I, I just, I, was, I feel like I'm on the threshold of what God wants to do in my life. And, and I'm going to tell you something, there's something small, you're probably not obeying it. I can look back at my life in those areas where, where I wasn't obeying. Three, God asks you to obey as a steward and give him your best to him. In Leviticus chapter 22, 18 through 20, give Aaron and his sons all the Israelites these instructions which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. If you present a gift as a burnt offering to the Lord, whether it is to fulfill a vow or it is a voluntary offering, you will be accepted only if your offering is a male animal with no defects. It may be a bull, a ram, or a male goat. Do not present an animal with defects because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. Think about this. How many times is that when we're offering our very best to God or we're left, giving him our leftovers? Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times um, we just, um, just sold our house. And so now we're, you, you, we're moving and everything is chaotic. And, and so you go to the fridge for leftovers, if there is any leftovers, right? And you know what? Um, it tasted decent when it was there the first time. The second time, it just lost more of its decency. Amen? And so what happens is that, that God wants your best. He wants your best. And I, I know I'm probably talking a little bit about uh, children's ministry, but that's because that's where I started. And it was a place of obedience. When I got um, saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, just like every other a person, you think, all right, God wants to do something great with my life. And I, I began to uh, share with other people at work. I began to uh, start another business and, and, and uh, seeing God work in that space and not that it didn't have its own uh, uh, trials. And then I, uh, I remember pointing my wonderful wife, and they needed a children's pastor. They needed somebody that could, and by the way, that's what we're looking for right now too, is we're looking to hire a children's pastor in this church, someone that would be a family and children's pastor. And we're looking right now to hire a connect and a, a pastor that's going to be over the Connection Center. So we're, we're in this process looking for two pastors, two more pastors in this church, not because I'm leaving, I'm not going anywhere. But we want, we want to really take this church and do what God has called us to do. And so please pray with us about those um, endeavors. And uh, we're, we're, the elders and I, we're all getting together and we're aiming at doing the best for this church family. When I was looking at as a children's pastor, they were, I, I thought, that's not what God wants me to do. He wants me to, he wants me to, to talk to adults. He want, because I have so much insight and wisdom and I have so much to give. I, I, I need to talk to adults. Kids, kids aren't who I needed to talk to. And, and you know what? I was ministering to small groups and had a little small groups there. And yet God was prompting my heart. I believe I'm speaking to some of you in this office. In this office, this, this room right now. 
He's prompting my heart. And I thought, and I was going, no, because to me, my mind goes, well, that's not, uh, that's not where uh, God's best for me. And so I kept on talking to my wife. I said, honey, I said, I think, you, I think you're supposed to go in the children's ministry. And, and he wasn't even talking to her at all. He was talking to me. And so I think, honey, you know, you know how we do that, right? You know, and sometimes us guys, listen, God's speaking to us about changing something in our parenting. And all of a sudden we look at the wife and go, I think God's wanting you to do this. And God's talking to you to do it. Or maybe ladies. And God's saying, you know, this is what I want you to do. And you're, you're going, well, you're the leader. You need to be doing it. And God's speaking to you to do it. So anyway, um, I'm struggling with this impression. My brain's going, that, that's, not, that's not what God wants for me. You know why? It's because I thought that was going to be a place where I was going to get locked in. And I didn't want to get locked in. I felt like God had something more for my life. And I'm like, I'm going to get... I'm going to get hemmed into that space and there's nothing else. They're going to hold me. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? I'm limiting what God can do through my life because of what my brain is thinking. I'm not offering my life as a living sacrifice. I'm offering my life if, only, if this step leads to that step. And it makes sense. And God goes, he kept on. So finally, my wife, she's wiser than me. I know it's hard for you guys to believe that, but anyway, she's, she's wiser than me. And she goes, I'm not going unless you go with me. And that was all it took. I went, all right, fine. We're going to go into this ministry together. And it was probably one of the funnest things. Honestly, it was probably one of the funnest ministries that we ever had. We, can, we have so many memories, so much laughter, so many children's lives that were changed in that space. So many equipping. We, we equipped two other people. We, we started ministries that were, uh, in tr- that were actually in trailer parks and we met in, their, in the space that they would give to us and we'd seen people get saved in that trailer park. They couldn't even make it to church. These kids couldn't even make it to church. And we just had an absolute blast. We had some of our best friends that we went stonebuilding together and we went water skiing together. We, just, we raised family. Derek and Rita were part of that family. They came to start this church with us. I mean, it was just so much but all of it came from a prompting of God and when you know what and I look back at it this church would have never been I would have certainly never been the pastor here if I hadn't listened through the prompting of being involved with children's ministry how many spaces that God wants me to get over here but right now God's going look in order to get to that place I'm preparing your heart I'm preparing you you need to obey me here and the first place that God ever asked you to be obedient is is giving people if you can't obey God in giving there is no way you're going on and moving on to all God has for your life he's got it fashioned for you he's got greatness for you but you are literally obstructing because the easiest thing to obey in is this thing this is easy it's harder when you have to offer your life because now your brain's going I don't know if I want to give up my time for that I, I'll tell you what I can ask people for an offering and people will give me money but then if I ask them for their time, they're going, oh, I don't know, I ain't got time for that. I'm too busy. I don't, wanna, I don't really want to do that. How does God get you ready to want to serve him? Is it all starts by giving to him. And so if you're struggling in this place right now, wanting to say, I just want to serve God. Well, I, I'd ask you, where is your giving at? And I'm not taking an offering after this message. Okay, that's not what this is about. This is about your heart. Having a heart of obedience. 
Number four, sowing to the spirit will reap life. God will prompt you to tithe as a steward of God. We've already talked about God will prompt you to serve in places that you can't even imagine. And you know what I hear so many times, especially now, this is what's so grievous about what's happened in this last, this last year. With what's happened with all this personal space, I see more families, more, they're hurting more than ever. And yet I find the church family right now, we've, we've, many times what we've done is we've adapted to the culture of this world by having personal space instead of prompting of God. We've listened more to, to the laws of the land than the laws of our God. You know what the greatest law is? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and strength. And love your, well, don't take care of your neighbor. You got to have six foot distance. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love them. Be moved. What is God prompting? What would happen to this church if we really were the agents of love the way God is? This place would be so packed. And every church could be so packed. Well, I want to um, share with you that a story about sacrifices, if I could. God will prompt you to make hard sacrifices. And I'm going to finish on this. It was, it's, you know, when you look back, and I, I love how Scott brought the labor in. It's a, re, a reflection. Uh, we just um, sold our place, and it's easy to reflect on it um, now. It's 20, we were there 21 years, and it was a beautiful place. God had provided for it. And so here's what I want to share with you about it, is that people don't know the whole story, what had happened, and because it came out of a space of obedience, what had happened was, is um, we were, Brent and I were, we knew we were starting this church. And uh, I'm a builder, so it would be, it was certainly, obviously, the smartest thing was to build. And uh, we were looking for um, a space to build on. And I had left Grand Haven. I lived in Stearns Bayou, a nice, beautiful house on the water. And I was looking for another space um, on the water. I wanted specifically to be over by Duck Lake. And there was just nothing available. Um, we even got to that point where uh, we were driving everywhere, search and just, you know, searching out for land. You can ask Derek and Rita. We'd get in our, I had a motor home at the time, and we'd all, pile, like three families would pile in, and we'd just start driving around. I got stuck trying to climb a hill with my motor home. Yeah, exactly. It was like it was from four-wheel drive object. You know, I got stuck in this thing trying to find something to build. I finally got to the point where I go, you know what, God? I really want to be on the water, but guess what? I don't care. Let's just go find something. So then I started looking for acreage. And I thought, well, we can buy seven go-karts. Go, um, uh, go and all my kids, instead of being water skiers, will be go-kart racers. And I went to, to uh, Babbitt's because um, I was ministering to, to Eddie at the time. He was going through a struggle in his life. And I go, Eddie, get me on a go-kart. So he puts me on a go-kart, and I fly around the parking lot, and I flipped it right in the parking lot. Yeah, that's your pastor. Anyway, I flipped the thing, and Brenda looks at me disgusted. She goes, well, you're buying that. <laughs> I was like, I don't even like it. The thing flipped on me. So, I was, so anyway, um, we were looking at all of us, and finally in the interim, really busy. We had we just got to remember we just adopted three girls. We just sold it. We got a house to live in. It's seven seven kids, husband and wife, 
Nine people living in a one-bathroom house, three bedrooms. Brenda and I are going to live underneath the staircase. That was our bedroom, underneath the staircase. We were willing to pay the sacrifice, and people don't know this stuff. We were willing to pay whatever it would take to be all God wanted us to be. Yeah, I moved into a gorgeous, huge house on Lake Michigan. Well, that's what everybody remembers. But what they don't remember is the space that God was asking us to sacrifice. And then what happened was, is that some guy from our church who just started coming, we're not even, on, we're not even a, a church yet, we're meeting on Thursday nights. And he goes, would you please help me, Pastor Ron? I go, what do you mean? He says, I got a son that's addicted to drugs. Would you come and visit? I said, sure, man. Whatever, you, you know, I don't, I don't know how to do that, but God does. You know how many times you don't do something because you don't know how? I was a young, young man starting a church, didn't know what I was doing. I was a young man who just literally was getting out of a church as an assistant, you know, and literally cut off from finances. Was a young man starting with these three three needy daughters that needed all of our attention, didn't know what we were doing, had no idea, but here we are, God, whatever you want. And this, young, this man goes, would you please help? We show up at his, I show up at his doorstep, and there's addicted paraphernalia everywhere. And I looked at him, and I just did what I knew how to do. I says, young man, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He goes, no, sir, no, I don't. I said, do you know that Jesus... His, his resurrection power, talking about Easter, is so powerful, it'll take care of your addictions. It'll give you a new life. That God is bigger than that, you know what? Than that marijuana. That God is bigger than that heroin. God is bigger. He, is, he will come into your life. And, whatever you're, and even that hurt that you're literally trying to drown out the pain in your life, he will heal that pain. He is such, that's the God that we serve. That's the God that I know. I can introduce you. I don't know how to, I don't know anything about drugs, young man. I don't know anything about addiction. But I am one thing I do know is about Jesus Christ. And he's the real deal. And if you'll accept him in, he will begin to take you on a pathway. Well, this young man gets free. He accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And the father is so ecstatic, he won't leave me alone. He goes, what can I do for you, Pastor Ron? What can I do for you, Pastor Ron? I go, I I, I already got my reward. It's in heaven, man. No, what can I do for you? He will not leave me alone. So finally, I sent him on a, a wild goose chase. I said, hey, go, go find a piece of land on Duck Lake I, you can, you know, I can build a house on. There was nothing available. I knew that. But at least I got him out of my hair. All right? So I sent him out on this wild chase, and he comes back a couple months later. He says, found it. I go, no, no, you didn't, you didn't find it. There's nothing there. He goes, yep, found it. He says, my girlfriend has a doctor friend that's got some land for sale on Duck Lake. I said, no, you didn't. You didn't find that. He says, yep, I did. He says, well, he wants to meet you. I said, so I, I drive out to the space and I, I kind of said, describe it to me. Describe it to me. And he goes, well, it's over there by Duck Lake and it's got some gated access to it. I go, doc, I says, I know exactly what you're talking about. I says, that's Lake Michigan. That's not Duck Lake. I says, and I says, um, doctors, lawyers live there. Pastors don't. That's exactly what I said. You know what's funny is I've owned two homes in that development, one through my business and one personally. And guess who we've sold them to? A doctor and a lawyer. I had no idea what God was going to do in my life. I get introduced to this doctor, and he gives me this price on it, drops it in half. 
I build my home there for peanuts, less than what I sold my house in Grand Haven for. The value of my, the place is so valuable that I'm able to borrow off the equity to start the business that God wants me to start. All of that came because of offering your life to a young man that has addictions. God had, what God had in mind was that house for me. But he was saying, Ron, will you obey me in this little space? This makes no sense to get to that space. But so many of your lives, you're wondering, when is God going to do this? When is God going to do that? You're not obeying in those little spaces to God get you into the other intersection of your life. I'm still looking for those spaces in my life. What do you want me to do, God? And I'll, uh, I love like a friend of mine. He says, Ron, you're always trying to serve no matter where you go. We went to, uh, we met our new friends in Key West a few years ago. The first time we were there, and anyway, he didn't have a boat lift. I know boats really well, and he didn't have a boat lift, so he got, bought this brand new boat and it already had gotten all this stuff, uh, brine on, on the bottom of it. And I go, well, I'll pressure spray that for you. You know, I'll do that. And uh, so I, I got on a kayak and he had his, got his lift on. I got on a kayak and, I, and then I'm, I'm I get, I, I that was, and they, they still laugh about it today. But what they don't laugh about is the, is the heart. They go, Pastor Ron, you, you know what? You, you're, uh, you're a successful, successful person, but you'll serve in any capacity. You'll serve a life so that you can show who Christ's life is in your life. I pray to God that I never graduate to a place where retirement is a thought. Can you really, re- and I don't know if some of you are retired here, do you ever retire from God's plan? Do you ever retire from serving God? Do you ever retire from obeying? No, you don't. Moses is 120 years old. And God says, hey, I got a good idea for you. Um, you're going to die. You're not going to get where I wanted you to get or you wanted to get because you disobeyed me. But in your death, here's what I want you to do. I want you to climb a mountain and die. How many think that? Think that? I mean, when I look at that, that historical moment, I'm thinking, seriously, God? I'm 120 years old. And the last thing you want me to do is climb a mountain to obey you and die. Don't you have an easier, plan B. Where's plan B? And there isn't a plan B. Okay, what I'm asking you guys to understand is this. What is God, from this message, asking you to obey him in? What is he asking you to obey him in? Your marriage? Your finances, your health, your workplace, your church family, your service to your God, your king. What is God asking you to obey him in? Maybe it's even in the next couple minutes, worshiping how you worship God. Are you free in your worship? Are you so self-conscious of your voice, of what somebody else sees you, 
What is it? What is going on inside of you that self versus him? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this space, opportunity to serve you. Lord, J.D. Greer, next five days, God, I pray the message that you put on that man of God, that, Father, that it just root inside of our life, that this would be, here we are, Palm Sunday, this whole week would be a journey in understanding Easter, that our lives, here we are, God, Jesus took that journey and offered his life. And he's asking us to offer our lives. May we be willing and obedient. May we offer our life of service, offer our life of giving to you. Forgive us, Lord, for that selfishness inside of us. Forgive us for those, that space when we say no or that doesn't make sense or it doesn't, I, I don't feel like that's gonna get me to where I wanna be. God, I thank you. Father, even in this space that my wife and I are, are at right now, Father, is, if it's, is it the mission field? Lord, whatever it is, may we be ready and willing and obedient. May we not look at our age, may we not look at the space of our life and look back at what we have done. God, may we look ahead at what you still want to do. God, I don't know what it is for all of our lives, individually or corporately, but I know that greatness is hanging in the balance of your presence. That you are a great God, and God, you're worthy to be served. You are worthy to offer our lives to. You are the one, Father God, that we should be aiming all of our heart and thoughts to. That our vocal cords, Father, that our hands, that everything that we are, Father, should be offering up to you, holy, pleasing. God, loosen me, loosen us from the way we've always done it. Traditions, habits, culture, mind thoughts, just Lord, even mindsets, things that we've always done. God, I pray, newness, that's what you resurrected in newness of life. God, I pray for newness this week, newness in our hearts, newness in our thoughts, newness, Lord God, getting away from COVID, get away from the old way, getting away from those thoughts, pressing into the high call, pressing into the presence of our almighty God. God, I pray as they watch those videos that, Lord, you touch them in their hearts. I pray that there be weeping and I pray that there be laughter. God, I pray that there be a, a moving. Jesus, you paid the ultimate price for our connection to our daddy. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the death and burial and the resurrection. And all that, God, I pray that we are open to more of what you have in our lives. God, move in this space of worship. Ready our hearts for this week. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in this prayer time, make it personal. In this worship time, make it personal. Or you're rededicating your life, whatever it be. Make it a space of your heart with your daddy in heaven. Pray this prayer with me, say, Father God, 
in Jesus' name, here I am. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my body. It's all yours. I receive your forgiveness. Jesus, you paid the price. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. May my life be new in yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and worship our King. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.